three, two, one, and let's jam. Welcome to the Anniversary Brothers podcast, the podcast where we talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and films. I am your host, Josh Sarnecki, and I am joined, as always, by my brother, Aaron. Aaron, say howdy. Uh, hey. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. Um, if anybody's like, Aaron's trying to, he sounds a little quiet today. It's like, I'm, I'm in a new apartment, so... And as somebody who's been dealing with noisy neighbors, I don't want to be a hypocrite and be accused of being too loud. <laughs> so so we, we can't expect you to, to serenade the audience in the middle of this podcast? Probably not. Okay, that'll be my job then. Uh, but anyway, so we are here to talk about, as some people may have guessed by the uh, little opening I did there. Or, or talk- they just check the title. Well, yeah, I mean, that'd be cheating, though. But assuming you didn't check the title, although I assume most of you did, but we're talking about the 25th anniversary of the anime Cowboy Bebop, which first aired in April 1998 in uh, Japan. So, Aaron, I know this is a show that I have bugged you to watch for several years now. Uh, You weren't like too incessant about it. You just mentioned like a couple times like, yeah, you should watch it. You would like it. You're yeah. you're not one of those people. Well, I know if I tell you to do something over and over again, it's probably going to make you less likely to do it. I guess so, but you don't do it that often. I try not to. Once again, I feel like if you if you do that too much, you're just going to have. People I, I've, I've kind of mostly it. given up. I used to do that with like Josh. You should watch this really old movie, and you're like, uh, maybe. I'll I'll get to them eventually. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so this was a show that uh, I had watched previously, but Aaron, this was your first time viewing it, uh, right? Other than maybe some, a few episodes or clips here and there in the past. Uh, I had seen one episode when I was in college, when I stayed over at um, a a friend's uh, place um, and we kind of stayed up late. Um, But other than that, um, I hadn't seen anything. I mean, okay. I, I I knew various aspects, and we can go into that. But um, okay. as as far as like watching an episode from beginning, yeah, there was only one one time. Got it. Got it. Okay. And uh, conversely, uh, I watched this a series a few years ago. I think I watched it back in my second year of grad school. Uh, if I recall correctly, it was when it was still free to watch on hulu if that gives you any indication of how long that's been mm-hmm. um, but, but so, hulu wasn't free anymore right or or was it um it was at the point where you could watch some shows for free on hulu but not all oh, right it was like hulu and hulu plus essentially something like that um but this was one of the shows you could still watch for free so i remember watching this and a few other anime at that time um it's like right oh. that's how i rewatched death note um as mm-hmm. i watched it on hulu because that was free at the time Got it. And now none of those things are on Hulu. Uh, or at least not. you can find them on Netflix now. So I have you know a little bit more experience with this show, but uh, definitely I was happy to revisit it. So Aaron, I know you're, uh, once again, watching it for the first time in full this viewing. Um, but could you give a brief overview of what the series is about? Uh, yeah, so this um, series is about a group of bounty hunters um, in the year, it's like 2070-something. 71. 71. 
So they're chasing a bunch of bounties um, just to, you know, get money. Uh, so we have a, a bunch of characters, Spike Spiegel, who's like the main character, uh, Faye Valentine, uh, Jet Black, um, Ed, um, who has a very long name, and I don't remember all of it. <laughs> it's okay, you won't be quizzed Edward on that name. Wong, I think. And then uh, they also have a corgi named <laughs> Ein. <laughs> yes, a genetically engineered corgi. Genetically engineered corgi. Um, so yeah, um, and most of the episodes are pretty um, standalone. Uh, there are a few running uh, story arcs um, through the 26-episode run. Um, mostly learning about the characters' pasts, particularly Spike and um, uh, Faye, but also Jet and uh, Ed to a degree. Yeah, not so much about Ainz. You only get one yeah, episode for Ainz's backstory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I think that's a that's a great description of it. It is pretty episodic for the most part. Um, but yeah, there are some. And a lot of it takes place during sp- in space. Well, yes. Yeah. Right. I don't know if that was understood as like, yeah, I mean, in the year 2071, we'll just be, you know, traveling through space. It's like whatever you watch, like an old episode of Star Trek, where they'll be like, oh, yeah, like the eugenics wars of the 1990s. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. To be fair, I feel like this show was a little bit more realistic with its prediction in terms of, like, I don't know, as, or as like, and Blade Runner, where like LA is like an apocalyptic, like it's always raining in 20, uh, 2019. Um, yeah, I mean, 2019, that was a, I don't know, I don't remember 2019 at that much at this point. <laughs> After 2020, who can remember the, the before times? Yeah. So, no, it, but it is, yeah, set in space, set in the not too, too distant future um roughly 50 years from now um, i know it's 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 closer obviously now than it was when it started yeah but uh still if we get a hyperspace travel by then right. i will be impressed there are all those people who are trying to invent all those inventions from back to the future part two before the date of the movie <laughs> you know what i, I appreciate People being inspired by. Fiction. I think the only thing that they maybe got to do was make those uh, lace them up, uh, automatic uh, shoes that lace themselves up. Mm. But like they were super expensive. You know what? That sounds about right. Yeah. But uh, as far as you know, uh, auto tie shoes are not in Cowboy Bebop. Instead, there's a lot of other technology. Right. But um, yeah, Aaron, as we talked about, so. It is a, a space western. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a use um, of their bounty hunters. So there is kind of a, an element of them looking for criminals and trying to get money off of them. Uh, which a lot I of would... times they just happen upon them. They're just in the right place at the right time or occasionally the wrong place. Yeah. And more often than not, uh, I don't think it's too big of a spoiler for a 25 year old show. Uh, they, they kind of fail. Yeah, even if like they like technically solve the case, they end up like not getting the bounty for some reason. Yeah. So perpetually broke, really. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh man, if that's not relatable, I don't know what is. Yeah. But it's is yeah, it's so it's science fiction, it's it's a space western, 
Um, it's also uh, described as a neo-noir, which mm-hmm. I know is a, a genre we've talked about uh, not too long ago when we discussed uh, Dark City. Right, Dark City, and then Memento can be classified as a noir also. Yeah, and I know that's a, a genre that's near and dear to your heart. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I've, I've talked about it before when I was uh, in college, I took a, a noir class and most of it was movies that were from the 40s, uh, which was really like the heyday. But as far as neo-noir, it's basically like 1960 onward. Um, I mean, like it's it just basically like anything that has like the, the basic uh, trappings of noir, but it could be, you know, present day. It could be in the past it could be in the future it could have you know aliens or cyborgs and stuff like this so yeah it's a it's a it's a pretty malleable genre right there could be you know the strangers like in dark city but it's 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 noir yeah reminds me of the time when i was in college and we made a uh, updated version of Hamlet called Hamlet in Space, um, which was actually just a ripoff of Jimmy Neutron's Macbeth in Space. Right, I, I uh, knew that. I don't know if anybody in my class got that reference, but uh, mm-hmm. we made it work. It was wonderful. Uh, I played Horatio in Green Face Paint as an alien. Um, good stuff. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about okay. Cowboy Bebop. So, Aaron, I am really curious, though, now that you've had a chance to watch more than just that one episode you saw in college and, and actually go through the entire series. What did you think? Uh, yeah. So it, it it's a really like, I don't know, interesting kind of journey. I mean, it's not a, it's not a very long series. It's only 26 episodes, but like, like how I felt about it really has almost kind of continues to change the more I think about it. So um, I watched, as we'll talk about the first episode and I was like, like blown away. I'm like, this is incredible. Uh, I got to watch more. Um, and then I, it kind of slowed down a little bit for me. I'm like, okay, this is, this is fine. Like I'm still in, enjoying parts of it. Like I like the character introductions of like, uh, Faye, um, then it got to, I think, the fifth episode where they introduced Vicious. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Mm. And then I'm like, I want more of this. And then it was just more, you know, standalone stories. And I, I started to get a little like, okay, I understand, like, this this show is not trying to be a movie. It's trying to be a TV show and tell its own individual stories. And it still, like, has interesting stuff to tell. And you're learning about characters' pasts. Uh, but I, I wanted more of the, you know, Spike's backstory. And then you get a little more of that in like the middle of the show. Um, but it kind of like ends up on like a dead end where it's like, oh, we're going to find Julia. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to find Julia till the end of the show. <laughs> uh, so then like I actually got a little sad. I'm like, oh, this, this isn't as good as, you know, I wanted it to be. Like it still has good episodes, but like it's not. I somehow thought of like I had stumbled upon like this is the next like great thing that I'm going to watch. Um, and then like uh, I got to the end and I was like, wow, this ending is really great. Um, 
and it I, I mean it had really positive feelings about it um and just kind of like thinking more about him like yeah like it's not exactly what i wanted um but like the stuff that i liked i really liked hmm. um okay yeah i will say that one i think that is a totally fair reaction and and not too unlike my own um when i watched this was it seven years ago or however long it's been? Oh, great. Another podcast where we just agree the whole time. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> no, no. So I, I will say my rewatch, though, uh, or what I have rewatched has changed my feelings about that a lot. Because um, definitely when I watched it the first time, I was uh, very impressed with the show. I, I very much liked it. But I did find myself frustrated that it was so episodic. And I, and I also wanted to get back into the... Um, the story of Spike in particular. Yeah, and the syndicate. Yeah, it's like, well, what's going on with this, you know, his his rivalry with uh, with Vicious? What's going on with the Red Dragon Syndicate? And you have to wait pretty long time to get into that. And then... Right, there's like basically... Was it one? There's like maybe like... F- there's like episode five, episode like 12 and 13... There's only like five episodes in like the whole 26 episode run that really deal with all of that. Yes. And they're spaced out. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. I, I was just going through the episode list and yeah, I think you're, you're right on the money. Like those are the, the four episodes I mean, that you, really get yeah. into it. Yeah. Um, So if that's what you were looking for, and that's kind of what I guess I was expecting from the other anime I had watched at that time, I did find myself frustrated because I wanted there to be this really, um, I wanted there to be an overarching uh, plot. Um, and instead, it is, once again, so episodic. There is some um, exploration of the character's history and how it's catching up to them. But it, it's not really a, um, it, it's not about this this ongoing conflict um, between uh, Vicious and Spike for the mm-hmm. most part. Uh it, it, once again, that's the most overarching element of it, but I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily what the show is about. Mm-hmm. Um, so going in the first time, I, I did find that frustrating. Watching it again now, um, and I will admit, I didn't get through um, all of it. I, I, I watched the first six episodes or so, and I found myself enjoying a lot more because I came in knowing what to expect with that mm-hmm. and not thinking that, Oh, this is going to be, you know, a really strong narrative back to back, continuing each episode. Like, no, that's not what the show is, and that's okay. It's 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 not what it's supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. I will say though, I still did get really excited when it came to the episodes about Spike's backstory. Like when I I think the last episode I watched or one last ones I watched was um, uh, Ballad of Fallen Angels. Yeah, um, where you first get into to Spike's backstory and his conflict with vicious and i was just like on the edge of my seat the whole time right yeah i mean as soon as they go up into that church i mean even just like vicious when like faye meets vicious and you just see like the bird on his shoulder just like oh like this guy's a huge threat you can just tell he's like not like i mean also like yeah okay you see him like interspersed through the end credits so you know that he's involved but like no you know that there's something different about this guy yeah, never trust a man with a bird. 
<laughs> no, especially if his name is Vicious. I mean, that's kind of a yeah a telling name in this case. But you know, watching it again this time, I I found myself able to enjoy the the one-off stories a lot more, even the ones that are pretty silly. If I'm being honest, like the the one episode that always gets me is um the one about the eco terrorist trying to turn everyone in on the... this planet into uh into apes right yeah that one's goofy i mean it has a pretty exciting conclusion though yeah yeah the first time i watched it i just couldn't believe what i was seeing like what is going on Mm. Uh, but this time's like okay this this is this is fine this is what this is there's there's Mm -hmm. definitely some absurd uh absurdism to it uh, Mm -hmm. especially once ed's involved ed is a she's one of the more Mm -hmm. uh, off the wall characters yeah um, so yeah, so w- we have similar opinions, but uh, definitely I've benefited from going back to it after a few years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So Aaron, definitely want to go into the first episode and hear your thoughts on that. But before that, let's go to a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alex Marcus, podcasting director for thepopbreak.com. I'm Bill Bodkin. Pop Breaks Editor-in-Chief. And I'm TV columnist Josh Sarnecki. And together, we host TV Break! Whether you are looking for a freewheeling discussion on the latest Disney Plus release, an update on the latest season of Bake Off, or what's happening in the tumultuous world of streaming, stop on by the Pop Break TV podcast feed on the first Monday of every month to join in on the fun. Josh didn't get a second line. I'm sorry, Josh. Are you a diehard Marvel zombie who compulsively rewatches every movie and TV show you can get your hands on from the House of Ideas? Or are you a new or lapsed Marvel fan looking for an excuse to finally catch up on what your buddies have been going on and on and on about for as long as you've known them? Then folks, do we have the show for you? Head over to the Pop Break Today podcast feed on all your favorite platforms to check out myself, Bill Bodkin, and my co-host, Marcus on Bill versus the MCU, where we review every single installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Along with a journey around the Marvel multiverses, where we check in on MCU adjacent content like Netflix's The Defender Saga, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fox's X-Men franchise, and so much more. New episodes premiere the second Tuesday of every month on thepopbreak.com and the Pop Break Today podcast feed. And we're back. Uh, and definitely recommend that you check out our sister podcast just now. So, Aaron, let's get back into the 25th anniversary of Cowboy Bebop. So, Aaron, other than your um, let's see, your, your frustrations or kind of disappointment that there wasn't a lot of mm-hmm. uh, Spike's story, I, I'm curious, before we go into the first episode, um, what did you think of the other, like, overarching stories i know they don't go into them as much like uh, right. phase background or jets how did you feel about those though uh yeah i mean um phase i was a little kind of unsure of at first because it kind of seemed like oh yeah th- th- we're finally gonna get her backstory and i was kind of just underwhelmed with um 
the the beginning of it is just like oh there's this guy that she knew who kind of lied to her about like um i guess like he took care of her after she came out of a coma she's been like in a coma for like 70 years or something like that uh i think it was more like 40 but 40 okay yeah um and uh I don't know. It's just like I saw. It's like oh, okay, that's interesting, but it wasn't what I was necessarily hoping for. Um, her other episode um, that happened after that, where it's just an episode of them looking for a Betamax tape, I actually really enjoyed, just because like this is so of the time and like so it's seemingly so like pointless like they even make a joke about that um in the the next episode bumper before it where there's just like yeah this is like a story that kind of doesn't really go anywhere and it's like no people won't want to watch it then (laughs) um but yeah it was and then it gets to the end and you like you find out more about her past but like it's still very unsubstantial but like I found that the way that how it wasn't substantial actually made it better. So it was like, I was more curious then. And then they have like one more episode about it where you don't really learn that much more, but I don't know by the time they got to the end of her storyline. And like, I think what I, what I more liked about it is what it didn't resolve and how she still felt about what she learned about herself. Um, as far as Jet, um, I liked like the backstory with him and the woman that he was involved with um, before he was bounty hunting. Um, I was a little disappointed with him and his his partner um, in the crime uh, like uh, sting or whatever. I don't know. I have to go back to one. I feel like that should be one I really like, but for some reason it didn't land for me. Um, Maybe because it just felt so basic, like, yeah, of course, like his partner betrayed him or something like that. Mm. But um I mean, like there was also like the other one where it's like, oh yeah, this girl knew him or his this girl's dad knew him. And like they just kind of go into space in like some weird like nebula. That one was fine. I mean, it was kind of funny. Um but uh yeah, I mean kind of mixed for me but overall like i liked learning about the other characters mm. and i liked when ed's dad uh just headbutted spike <laughs> <laughs> as one does you know just you know headbutt a bounty hunter yeah just for kicks um yeah i i will say for my rewatch, I didn't quite get to those episodes. Right. I don't think you got that, like, any of those episodes. I did not. But I, I will say, what I can say from rewatching is that I do really like the uh, the introduction to Faye. Um, in some ways, she reminds me uh, a bit of a character from a, a more recent show I watched, Poker Face. Oh, yeah. Um, who... She's not necessarily a, a con woman in that, but she's a a woman who's who's a card player who um, can always tell people they're lying. And, and Faye doesn't have that ability, but there is this sense of Faye. You find her first in this um, um, this casino, um, mm-hmm. 
and that she's kind of forced into um, working for them, which is exactly what happens in the first episode of Poker Face. Right. So uh, some similarities there that I thought were interesting. I thought I heard that Ryan Johnson actually is a fan of Cowboy Bebop and that he put the Bebop somewhere in The Last Jedi. Mm. I thought that would not that. surprise me at all. Yeah, That would make total sense to me, actually. Um, but I, I, I do really enjoy Faye's introduction because I appreciate the the evolving relationship between her and spike and jet how Uh at first there's some antagonism and then there's some general annoyance and Mm -hmm. even though they're they're butting heads and not necessarily getting along all that well you do get to see their relationship grow um over the the run of the series which i really enjoyed Mm. but going back to the initial episode um which aaron i know you said was one that really blew you away so i'd like to to jump into that um and so that first episode is called asteroid blues and um aaron if you'd so be so kind as to give us a uh once again a brief overview of what that first episode was about uh yeah so um the first episode uh we get introduced to spike a little bit he seems to be leaving his home um uh, we get a few flash, very brief flashbacks of some sort of, you know, deadly shootout that he was involved in. Um, and then the the episode, they don't seem to tell you how much time has gone past, but it's understood that it's been several years since he left his his home. Um, and then now he's a bounty hunter with Jet, and um, there is this individual. Uh, who's selling this um, uh, this drug? Um, kind of, kind of like the ultimate steroid. Almost, um, it's in the uh, Japanese. It's called Bloody Eye. In the um, English, it's just called Red Eye. Um, and they uh, they track this guy down to. Um, I'm actually not sure. Like they say, Tijuana. Actually, in the live action show, they classified as new tijuana like it's its own planet or something but anyway they track this guy down there and they run into him and his girlfriend and it's all about um uh spike sort of like getting to to know her and like track and trying to chase uh her and her boyfriend down um and that's basically it i mean it's not a long episode no it's it's not and I, I should say, uh, first of all, thank you for that uh, that recap. Um, and according to what I'm seeing, so it's um, Tijuana is a, an asteroid colony. Okay, um, they probably, you know, established that. That's probably why they changed the English because they're like, oh, they actually just went to Mexico. It's like, no, they didn't just go to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Um, I should also mention that uh, at least according to what I'm seeing, um, when the show first aired in TV Tokyo, uh, they may have actually started with episode two. Oh, um, really? Okay. What? Yeah. Yeah. For, that's from what I'm reading. Yeah. It's not a good introduction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Episode the, two. The episode where he changes, he just chases the dog the whole episode. Yes. That's, not, that's, that's why. Uh, why did they do that? I'm not sure. For, for some reason. Yeah. They, it, apparently it looks like they started with episode two um then did episode three 
and then skipped several episodes uh, to April, episode seven. Um, so it apparently wasn't until it came to uh, another uh, channel, uh, Wow Wow, not TV Tokyo, that they aired it in order. Um, I see, like, I understand with some shows, like, that you would do that. Um, but I don't, I don't understand why um, you would do that for this. Because, like, there is, like, a clearly, like, this is the first episode. You could switch around some of the other episodes. I mean, it'd be a little confusing why there's a dog and then it's not, there's, it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, it's... You know, or it's like, that's just confusing. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty odd. But, but uh... the, we're not going to just talk about episode two when I feel like this is a much better introduction into the series than episode two. Not that episode two isn't, you know, in some ways... The fact that it's so like standalone is like kind of a good way of representing the series, but like, I've, this gives you more of a taste of like what the themes and the uh, the style of the show is than no. Spike chasing a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, who doesn't love Corey? That right? was the episode actually that I saw on Adult Swim when I was uh, at my friend's house. Okay. Got it. Yeah, I I mean that gives you some sense of the more humorous elements of the show. Yeah. But it, it doesn't necessarily give you a, a good sense of the tone of I'd say like a, a bulk of the show. Um and so yeah, some some weird It's like what what errand. if we had the what the we'll just show the episode where everybody eats mushrooms and trips out. That'll be the first episode we show. You know, that would have been a choice. Uh but so it's it's weird. I'm not sure why they did that. Um, and that's one thing. That's just what I'm seeing right now. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and make sure yeah, that's accurate. It turns out whoever said that was lying. <laughs> well, it's always possible. Um, but definitely, if you're watching this normally from beginning to end, um, and when it aired first in the U.S. on Adult Swim, it did air in the correct order. Oh yeah, I mean, I would imagine Adult Swim would have been like, yeah, whatever. We- we got to go with the way they did it exactly. <laughs> I mean, at that point, just aired in Japanese. No. Well, well, we'll get into that in a second. Oh, but, okay. Um, Aaron, what did you, I, I know you said like you were blown away by this first episode. I, I'm curious what in particular about it did you um, find so, um, you know, impactful on you? Um, I mean, I, I'll just begin with just like the, the aesthetic of the flashbacks. Um how they didn't give you that much, but you could tell that there was something really intense going on immediately made me want to know what happened. Um, and then it's just very moody um, with, you know, and, and, and rainy and like, I'm all there. I'm all here for that. That's like, that's, that's what I, you know, really enjoy. I like the noir aesthetic a lot. Yeah. Um, of course, this episode is more Western, but like, it still felt like um, it was just like a good representation of like, like the outlaw life and like how there are, there are no like happy endings necessarily. Like everybody has to face up to their, their past, mm-hmm. which is a running theme. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like the, it also interspersed some good humor. Like when um, Spike uh, runs into um, what's the. So what are the characters names? Um, uh, Asimov is the, the guy with the, yeah. the bloody eye and the woman is uh, Katharina. Yeah, Katharina. Um, so yeah, those were some fun interactions. And um, then it just like, um, just that ended with a high speed chase with like, you know, animation that was pretty impressed by. Um, and anytime you can like throw in a, you know, the saxophone and it was just <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was really into it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I really liked how it ended and how it came full, basically full circle from the beginning of them introducing Spike and Jet. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a sense of, okay, they're right back where they started, back to, to Jet offering the same meal mm-hmm. uh, that that he says has, uh, I think it's a beef and peppers, but there's actually no beef in it. So it's really right. just peppers. <laughs> um which goes to how broke they are. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm I'm glad to hear you all say that because definitely those were the reasons why I thought you would love this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think one of my favorite things about the show is how moody it is. Yeah, <laughs> it is so moody, especially with the music. I love the the score in the soundtrack for the show so much. Uh, the jazz in it is mm-hmm. is. I think fantastic. Yeah. When they bring out the saxophone at the end of this, I'm just like, okay, I, I'm just going to just keep this playing on repeat. Now this is great. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what, like <laughs> I was saying. Um, there are certain things that, I mean, obviously the story is important, but like when I was talking about um, 2001, a space odyssey, which we talked about last month, if you can just sort of get into a vibe watching something. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just, it kind of takes you to another place. Not like it'll, (laughs) (laughs) takes you to space. No, um, no, I I got you to me. And it, it, I mean, for some people, that's what, you know, watching Avatar does. I'm not for me, but, Mm, well, but no, I, that was something I was thinking of as, as I was saying that is, yes, like this, this is for me what 2001 Space Odyssey was for you at that time. Yeah. um, Where it just kind of, transported me for a moment yeah and and it's once again it's it's the music i think more than anything that does it for me mm-hmm. but i also love the animation i, I think mm-hmm. it's it's beautifully hand-drawn mm-hmm. um so sometimes i get a little taken out by the um kind of the more like 3d animation they have here and there right i was surprised by that i like it's like oh wow this is like pretty must have been pretty expensive for 1998 to have um some of this um the cgi like mostly like the, the asteroids the the effect that i thought actually worked really well was when they're going in out in and out of the hyperspace gates that looked really good yeah yeah no i think the cgi like generally has aged well considering it was from right 90- i mean it's it's very spare it's not really in much of the show um no. i will say that they do seem to play a little fast and loose with uh, not like anatomy, but like the, the way that Spike fights, he like is really like fluid. Like his body, I know they they talk about it later. Like his body is like water, but like 
the way he moves is is kind of inhuman but like not necessarily in a bad way mm-hmm. it's just they have a more like stylistic like uh, way of animating fights mm-hmm. yeah which um, i really enjoy right um, yeah having... i know some yeah oh sorry I was... I was to say like oh, having yeah rewatched um i'm rewatching naruto right now yeah and 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 have been watching demon slayer uh-huh. um and excited for its current run to start again yeah um i i feel like the the fight choreography for spike in this first episode yes it is very fluid but in a way that i thought was very uh entertaining it's like really like kept your focus the whole time right yeah um uh yeah, that's true. Um, I actually, speaking of Naruto, um, that is a, a show that like I think actually has pretty good fight scenes. Um, I mean, everybody always talks about the uh, Gara versus Rock Lee fight. Like, it's usually on like people's like top like ten anime fights, mm. or I'm just assuming. I don't know. People <laughs> at least for Naruto fans, um, but I know people kind of made fun of them later when they went to. Uh, part two and Shippuden where they really um, experimented with like the squash and squash and uh, stretch during the Naruto versus pain fight Mm. Um, which if you look up you'll just see like the way that like pain's whole body and face contorts as he like punches the ground is like it was a choice and it didn't work for everybody yeah yeah which is I will say one of the great things about animation is that you can make those choices, even if they yeah. don't necessarily work for everyone. Um, I mean, I'd say in general, once again, I think the animation for this show is phenomenal. Like it, right. thinking about uh, just in this first episode, uh, Asteroid Blues, like something, it's it's such a small thing, but I think at one point you see, um, I think Spike like hold up uh, a gun to like one of the uh, people mm-hmm. he's chasing. And just like, the like the detail put into that is just oh yeah incredible oh yeah um, these kind of shows they definitely like they put a lot of detail in like the finish and um different parts of the firearm um which which is nice um uh yeah but even just like other things like when you see um spike like going through uh Tijuana to get information about um the uh, the red-eyed coyote mm-hmm. uh, as esimov is called yeah in mm-hmm. kind of the uh the little uh kind of fortune telling mm-hmm. um shaman that yeah uh, spike visits so i uh, i think just overall it's it's just gorgeous mm-hmm. yeah definitely um i mean i i also am just i'm kind of biased especially because like this is the kind of anime animation that i grew up on uh, mm. with Toonami because yes. like they basically showed you know any, anything from like the late 80s to well I mean in, in Toonami's first run anything from like the late 80s to like I guess the last season of the first season or first series of Naruto so like I'm kind of biased in, in like I like that um like drawn on cell um cells um it's kind of has like a grainier look uh mm-hmm. to it um but like it, it seems like 
when they did the the 4K or I don't know if they did a 4K remaster of this, but whatever they did the remaster for this, they seem like they put a lot of attention to it because it doesn't um, seem like it was haphazard. Because like I, um, I watched another anime recently, um, Trigun. I watched a, an episode of that, and they did not like. They just found like whatever like standard definition like mm-hmm. <laughs> version of that, and it's like yeah, let's just blow it up and they'll be good and it's like no this looks terrible hmm. i mean like granted you'd be like this would have looked like really good like you would have been watching this on like some crt tv so like but like i think even like with high definition um it still looks you know pretty good you know some people have said like i don't know if this should have been in high definition because like they'll, they'll point out like yeah you watch episodes of dragon ball z and you'll just see like characters you know you know, in the background and like, they'll have no faces and they'll have like very little detail to them. It's like, maybe this wasn't supposed to be an HD. It's like, but I think for the most part, this, you know, is still a very good looking show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing to note is, is for its 25th anniversary, um, they were releasing uh, a limited edition Blu-ray set for the show. Okay. Um, I I know it was already on Blu-ray because I've seen it. Um, I saw it at Best Buy, actually. Yeah. So just this is just a, a limited edition with some extra features, I think. Um, you get a free dog. Oh, if only. Man, I, I'd do that for, was it 60 bucks, a free dog, and a, one of the greatest anime of all time? Right. Sign me up. Um, but maybe my expectations are a little too high. Um, yeah, I just, the the one other thing I'll say that about the the animation is that I, I think it does um, a really good job in, in some of the darker areas, um, which is something that having watched Game of Thrones and, and seen uh, other kind of HBO shows where mm-hmm. things are shot at night a lot or, or you know, being depicted at night a lot, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate so much how animation has done a great job of showing you that, yes, this is taking place in a dark setting this is taking place at night but you can actually still see what you're doing right Um, i mean of course uh a lighting is a whole different you know monster they have to grapple with when you're you know trying to light a live action scene um with game of thrones some of those were creative sources uh choices though so no creative choices yeah you can you can throw a lot of uh excuses behind creative choices but not gonna bash game of thrones too much right now Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a whole other podcast about that. Right. Um, no, but overall, I, I appreciate that the, the first episode of uh, Cowboy Bebop is, it, it really does get you onto um, like two of the themes that I think are biggest. One, you already mentioned the idea of like people's past coming back to to haunt them. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it being uh, Asimov and, and Katarina's uh, as they try to start a new life on Mars, but are unable to because of their past crimes. Um, but the other thing that uh, is probably one of the most depressing elements of the show, but one of the most well done is this idea of like loneliness as a, as a theme. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is another like theme that I like in a lot of shows and TV. Cause I, yeah. I think like everybody can relate to it. And when it's well done, 
you know, it just hits you hard. Yeah. yeah because you, you really get the sense from this first episode that, like, yes, uh, Spike and Jet, like, have this camaraderie to them. Like, they do respect each other. But really, there's really a... Uh, there, there's they're in it you know by themselves they, there's not really this um this sense that they uh are not that they're not supported but just really it's when you have like spike flying through space by himself and he's like whistling and it's just since like he's alone out there like there mm-hmm. is there is a nothingness to it and then same thing with um katarina later where she's talking with spike about you know her plans um but really you get the sense that like she's just trying to get away um and then in her final moments when she uh, ends up having to kill asimov mm-hmm. uh, it's just so dark um but really effective in, in showing you how these characters are um just determined to try to outrun their past as much as they can, but they just can't no matter how much they do. Right. Now, when you were saying things were dark, I actually wasn't sure if you meant actually how they were lit or by some of the more mature elements. So like we have things like, yeah, I mean, this show doesn't have, you know, super ultra violence all the time, but there are occasions where people get shot in the head and, you know, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And the show doesn't shy away from it. Oh, yeah, not at all. The, the, the show is very willing to get um, gory. Uh, thinking of, once again, the, the fifth episode, Ballad of Fallen Angels, where it just starts off with Vicious's um, crew like blowing up uh, a ship and then coming in and slitting the throat of one of the leaders of the, the Red Dragon Syndicate, who is a right. friend of Spike's. right. So I was like, no, they they do, and then later you see that uh, the leader of the Red Dragon Syndicate's, um, you see his corpse sitting next to Faye at the opera. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that part. It's haunting, yeah, um, in in the best way possible. Right, uh, but no, this this show is a, I I think it has earned um, its its mature uh, rating or kind of uh, yeah. description, right. Um... Yeah, I mean, and, and and there were also like, you know, there is occasional, you know, nudity, mostly, um, you know, upper body female nudity. Um, there's um, language, you know, that would not have been okay, obviously. It's like, yeah, we're just going to put this on Toonami, you know, unedited. It's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm actually so, so I... I I wanted to go and watch Cowboy Bebop, the movie, mm. and it's, like, impossible to find. Like, the best I can find is, like, eBay, but I'm not even sure if, like, it might be region locked or not. So I was just like, you know what? This is a, a later problem. Like, the movie is just, like, another story that just fills in, like, a small gap. Right. Uh, but um, because of that, I initially went on to Funimation.com to uh get a uh i thought because it's it advertised the movie on their website that i could watch it there and even says like like stream now but you click on it and it goes to the tv show 
I'd already made a free trial. So I went and I was like, okay, well, I'll watch something else. So I went and I started watching um, Outlaw Star, which was another show um, that came out around the same time that is very similar, um, that is about, you know, a crew of people in space that has Western elements that has a young man who has to confront his past and (laughs) a young woman who is unsure about her past. (laughs) Um, And I think was actually animated by Sunrise, which is the same studio that animated this. Um, But so far, they aren't actually that similar. Those are like the only things that are similar. But anyway, the the make, you know, I sound like I'm rambling. that was on Toonami before Toonami was on Adult Swim, and they edited that. Mm. But they made a conscious choice when they brought this over to the United States that they said, hey, we have this new block called Adult Swim. Let's put this on there instead of Toonami and mm. not edit it. Mm. I mean, do you think... I mean, I, I haven't watched too much of, you know outlaw star i know that they they've edited some things like again like nudity swearing i'm assuming violence um i mean does just like and and like obviously they they were very successful with uh editing dragon ball z for years even though parents still complained that it was too violent Mm. um do you think that like if they went the editing route that for a show that is so i guess emotionally mature that that it that would rob it of its essence yeah i mean i i would say so i think you can get away with that with some shows yeah i mean like dragon ball z is like yeah there are adult themes but it's basically like two guys who want to punch each other really hard right and then he powers up more and then oh no he's too strong i gotta go train and it's like right yeah i mean yeah. i have very fond memories of dragon ball z but like it is like very much can be stripped away of its more gratuitous elements and marketed to children right right and with that i i think it makes sense like if you can edit out a lot of the gore and, and some of the more uh suggestive yeah suggestive um animation or dialogue then yeah i mean go for it other than that like arguably it's no more violent than power rangers um okay (laughs) okay maybe that's okay that's that's minimizing a little bit um but overall it's you know not too um explicit um or mature i would Um, say it's not that way it's not much more violent than star wars there you go that's a better example um but with cowboy bebop i mean once again it, it's because its themes are already so um dark um and the content of it is not for kids this is not a kid show um like anyone who thinks animated shows have to be for kids um watch this show and you'll find out you were very wrong because <laughs> uh, this is not for children uh it's wonderful um and I, and I think that uh, a lot of people should watch it and, and will likely get a lot out of it. Um, 
but please don't show this to your kids. It's not for right. them. I will say though, I actually confused this at the time. Um, like when I would see stuff for Outlaw Star, I was like, oh, that's Cowboy Bebop. It's like, no, that's Outlaw Star. They're different. <laughs> yeah, very different. Once again, this, this is the one about uh, loneliness and not escaping your past. Mm -hmm. And and one thing that uh, I always read whenever I look up this show and it always gets me because like, oh, that's such a, such a good French word is it's it's about ennui oh yeah existential ennui it's like ha huh. i'm probably butchering that pronunciation so i, apologize. I think it's, i think you're right i and i know I you, you your wife speaks french she can tell you you're wrong later yeah i don't i don't trust my my reading of french at all so but no once again because of that um because of the, the violence because of the themes um because of the character designs uh especially with with faye i mean faye is um <laughs> in a very revealing outfit right. um, to say the least um you know th this is very much a mature show and so mm -hmm. i i think if you were to go in and edit out things to make it more appropriate for children it'd be like a waste of time it's like what like why why even do it then it's, you know it's I mean? sort of like that um to mention another thing that we talked about um it's like where it's not exactly the same, but somebody took scenes from The Shining and made it look like a romantic comedy or like a family mm -hmm. comedy. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like, it's like, see, it's for kids. I mean, yeah. that's that's an over, you know, simplification, but yeah. I mean, kind of. I think that's a fair comparison. I I was thinking something a more long lens of, like, if you went back and edited Matrix, so all the language was taken out, mm -hmm. like. Yes, you can make it so it's acceptable right. for more general audiences, but it's not really for them. It's it it was right. rated R for a reason. Right. I mean, do you want to give your kids nightmares? Do you want them to question the reality? I mean, if you do, then you probably shouldn't be a parent. Um, I mean, we had we we knew somebody in middle school who was like, "Yeah, I saw the Matrix. Like, the Matrix is real, man." Oh gosh. Yeah, I'll tell you that was who that was later. Um, I'm afraid to know that considering how the matrix is used on some corners of the internet in a very yeah. toxic way. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't like that. It was just like a stupid kid. Oh, good. Yeah. I can deal with stupid kids. Um, but one thing that we should mention, um, and I referred to earlier when it comes to any anime mm -hmm. is um, not just whether or not it was edited in any way, but more specifically the, way we watched in terms of sub versus dub um oh, so, okay yeah. so for those who may not be familiar with that um when we're talking about sub we mean the original japanese but with subtitles in the uh, language that you can read and the dub is uh dubbed in english or whatever other language you may be uh listening to so mm -hmm. aaron did you watch the dub or the sub or did you do both? Right. So I watched um, the uh, the dub of this because I knew it was very highly regarded. It's usually by most AMA fans considered to be among the best dubs um, out there, which is really high praise for a show that was dubbed like in the early 2000s because mm -hmm. um, people always are ragging on early Dragon Ball Z dubs and rightly so like that early Funimation dub is terrible when they're mm -hmm. still on Namek fighting Frieza. 
like all of Gila's lines are terrible. Mm. Um, so much that they redubbed like basically everything for him when they did the remaster. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, but I also did watch the uh, the first episode again in Japanese, and um, I mean I can't say having not watched the whole series, you know how good a job they did, but you know I got a sense that like they did a pretty good job. I mean, you know, the characters or the actors are really giving it their all, you know, they're not mailing it in when they're reading these lines. Um, I mean, and I've heard, and I know this is like sort of blasphemous um, in the anime community, but I know there are actually some people who watch Cowboy Bebop and they prefer the dub having watched both. Mm-hmm. Because because they'll say like Steve Bloom who voiced Spike, but like he's Spike, like I can't, mm-hmm separate him from spike yeah and he's he's great as spike and i think all the other actors who i don't remember their names steve bloom is just he's basically anime anime royalty um mm-hmm. uh, so i know him because you know he he voiced spike and he voiced orochimaru in um naruto and probably most importantly is the voice of tom on toonami mm. yes very very important he probably you know anytime he goes to an anime convention does not have to buy any food or drink it's just (laughs) given to him as as he should i mean i think that's only fair um yeah i um will admit i'm i'm a little bit of a an anime snob in that i have come to only watch anime in the original japanese so only watching the sub Mm -hmm. um Partly because, uh, I mean, I, I'm of the sense that this is how it was originally made, so this is how I should enjoy it. Um, and also because I just generally watch things with subtitles anyway. Um, just right. so Especially when, can... you, when you live in an apartment watching things, mm-hmm. or at least if you're conscientious, uh, uh, you know, occupant, I tend to watch things with the subtitles on so that I don't make too much noise. Yeah. Yeah. So... With that, I, I did watch it the, the first time, and what I did watch in this rewatch, um, I did watch it with the um, the sub. But I did uh, just to you know get a, a sense of the um, the dub. I did watch a few episodes with it, and I was impressed with it. Um, you know, having watched um, once again uh, pretty much all of the first part of Naruto and mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z and and several other animes in the uh their dub versions this was very easily one of the better dubs that i've seen uh, or heard or heard <laughs> i guess yeah over the years so i okay. was really impressed with it and i can understand why people um are gravitated toward or gravitate towards like especially with steve bloom i mean as you mentioned he is like arguably the greatest uh english anime voice actor of mm-hmm. all time uh, right. i don't I mean, think that's he, hyperbole right and he he just um Spike is just one of those characters that he just sort of imbues him with such a sort of lackadaisical attitude, like normally, but like when things get serious, like um, he has a certain intensity that Mm. he brings, which I'm assuming is the same in the uh, Japanese version. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's one of the other things that's, that's great about the dub is that it generally captures the, um 
the same tone of the characters. I mean, obviously not 100%, but um, mm-hmm. you still get some of that. Right. Um, yeah, just speaking about the characters, I don't. I, I know you're the one who's hosting this, but I, I just didn't want to make sure we actually kind of talk about the characters a little bit. Like we do, yeah, we have Spike, who's sort of like, I was really surprised, like, there's a lot of like on the surface, but like when you like hear people talk about him, there's like, yeah, like Spike actually is like follows Bushido. He's like the way of the samurai. And like, there's all this like s- stuff under the surface that you can read into mm. about like how he, he talks about like walking through life as if he's dreaming. Mm-hmm. Like that's like apparently like completely like through like Bushido. Mm. Um, Okay. I didn't I didn't catch that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um and then like um yeah his interactions just with the other characters are great. Um um he has this sort of like it's interesting, like his especially his relationship with Faye. It kind of seems like flirtation at times, but it's also sort of like a rivalry um and then um Faye's just like a, a fun character where she kind of like uses her feminine you know wiles to get what she wants but then like she also is very like has this deep backstory mm-hmm. that there's more to her than I think a lot of people would give her credit for mm-hmm. um and then I mean there's also the fact I mean she's kind of a mess though because she did eat dog food <laughs> <laughs> Who among us has not accidentally eaten dog food? Somebody, I was reading, somebody made a joke. They said, this is why Ayn yawned when you told him your backstory. <laughs> <laughs> still, still rude, Ayn. Come on. Woman's barren her soul. Right, yeah. Um... I, I, I will say one thing that I always uh, find really interesting about the show, and you, you mentioned it briefly, is that there is a bit of flirtation between Faye and Spike, but she's very much not like a romantic lead. And I appreciate that. And she's also, mm-hmm. even though, as you said, like she does try to uh, charm people at some points, she's not really a femme fatale character. Uh, not really. I mean, she's not trying to get people into trouble. She's kind of introduced that way. And then obviously she becomes part of the crew. Um, like you said, she's she's not really like a con woman, but like she tries to, you know, read a situation and take advantage of it you know to her benefit which makes her a fun character and it's fun because like sometimes things will work out her way and sometimes they won't um then like jet jet is like the 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 old guys is like like he's he kind of reminds me a little bit of like danny glover in uh lethal weapon i don't know if that was (laughs) intentional it was just like listen i i'm like i'm not gonna put off with any other stuff like even though like Jet, like I read, is not actually supposed to be that old. He's supposed to be like 36, but he acts much older. Oh yeah. He he's definitely uh sick of Spike's crap at some point. Yeah. Just like I like, what are you doing? Let's let's get the bounty and go. Like, why are you making this so extra? Yeah. Um and then you it's it's funny because Ed is a character who I wasn't sure how to feel about when they introduced her. So um at first, it's like it's like oh, there's this like I knew that there was this kid character, and then it's like oh, like I I knew that this character was coming, but this is not exactly what I was expecting. Mm. 
And so I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, where this kid is just like basically doing her own thing, like kind of just like almost making a mockery of like, this is the plot. Well, I'm just going to do something crazy this episode. <laughs> that That's kind of what Ed does. Um, there's a lot of like interesting like dynamics. Uh, I mean, Ed has like this dynamic with Ayn that kind of starts out as like, there's one point where like Ed, like, it's just like flailing around and falls on the plane and like I can't get up. It's like, I, I have, you know, you know, I am, you know, committed to this fate or whatever. This is, mm. um, <laughs> but then like, they have this like weird friendship. Uh, like even at the end, like they, they leave to go together um, mm. on an adventure. Um, it's, it's interesting though. And I'm curious if you had any uh, thoughts on it where like they they play with the ambiguity of of Ed's gender a little bit where it was um, like her dad is like, well, this is my son or was it my daughter? Um, actually, like apparently the creator is like. He even referred to Ed as like it as one point, like Ed, he said, like Ed's character, like gender is not important, like it's purposely ambiguous. Mm hmm. Which is it's very interesting, especially something that came out twenty five years ago. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I mean, I don't, I don't think the the character is necessarily meant to be portrayed as like uh, queer or trans, but I think very much could be read as such. Yeah, um, which I mean, definitely there's that ambiguity, like that is built in, uh, mm -hmm. especially as you mentioned with Ed's um, father's. Uh, reaction to her kind of description for her. so i i do find that really um surprising compelling although <laughs> referring to ed is it uh yeah not um, great right apparently uh originally they wanted to have like it was going to be a boy and they said well there aren't enough female characters we need to balance it out mm. apparently there's also a, a manga version of this uh show that kind of is kind of supplemental it's not like oh it's like yeah i can watch the anime watch the anime and i can read the manga it's like no like the manga was kind of like even though like i've read like maybe it actually came out before the show even started it was like based on the show and then like the first run of the manga didn't eat like it didn't have an ending and then they they made another run hmm. so it's um in that Ed is clearly a boy. Oh, that's interesting. And there are some other differences too. Hmm. That's weird. But I feel like you you lose a lot of what makes Cowboy Bebop special, in my opinion, just reading it um, as a manga. I mean, certainly you can, with plenty of other things, where they started as a manga and that is, you know, how the author originally intended it to be in some ways like that might be better a lot of like shonen which this is not this is i guess a seinen which is for adults but for shonen which is for like adolescents usually they have like really bad pacing and, and at least for me i i can't mm -hmm. kind of stand the pacing of a lot of those shows like Yu-Gi-Oh and dragon ball z where it just is and a lot of that has to do with um some filler that they have to add because the show is being produced at the same time as the manga is being 
made. With this, you don't have that issue because you have self-contained stories. It's only 26 episodes long, which um, I, I, there are these like sprawling anime that are really long. Um, but then there are other shows like this and uh, the other shows that I mentioned, Trigun, which is another space Western. They all came out in 1998. It's just a weird coincidence. Um, that and Outlaw Star, they're all 26 episodes. Um, and um, and also the, the show makes a very effective use of the fact that, yeah, these these episodes are, they're 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Alex on your TV break podcast. It's like, you have to respect the 30 minute format or he said something like that. It sounds, yeah. sounds like something he would say, but like, I think it's, it's really true because um, when you, um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Um, Cause I do want to talk about, I did watch the first episode of the live action version on Netflix, but I thought, that it being 50 minutes was a huge detriment to it. Mm. Yeah. No, there is a lot to be said about toy, uh, tweet, uh, <laughs> tight storytelling. Uh, I'm, I'm becoming like Sylvester or Tweety right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, getting all of that into it. And once again, I, I, as I mentioned, I've been rewatching Naruto from the beginning. And as like some of the pacing is not very good because you have moments where it's like just mm-hmm. Zabaza and Kakashi just talking to each other. Right. It's like, just punch each other. Come right. on. And part of that is actually just like, well, I don't know. Maybe you can speak to this. I thought a lot of the manga is just like that because that's how Kishimoto would write. <laughs> mm. It's like, let's have these people fight. Oh, wait, there's a flashback. Now here's back to the fight. Yeah. But I find that it works better in in the manga. But to your point with with Cowboy Bebop, because I mean the the anime is about these self contained episodes. It works really well. It is really tight, and mm-hmm. there is really a a good pacing of right, the show. Yeah, and I mean, even though I like a more serialized story, or at least a little more serialized, I actually respect the fact that like this is still trying to be a TV show. I mean. You can go back and watch individual episodes of this very easily in, in a way that you cannot do that with a lot of shows that are produced these days. Totally. Yeah. And and if you wanted to get... Like, I don't... Can you really go back and watch an individual episode of Stranger Things? Like, you can't. Uh, it, de- it depends on the episode. Okay. If, if you could... There's one from the most recent episode um, all about uh, season, Sadie yeah. Sink's character. Uh, okay. The one with the, the running up the hill song. Yeah, that okay. I, I haven't seen that could it, be but... a, that could be a self-contained. Okay, viewing. I mean, granted, those are also like movie-length episodes. Yeah, it's. I know. I, I know you kind of burnt out on Stranger Things, but I I'd recommend watching the latest mm-hmm, season. Right. Uh, anyway, um, but th- one other thing I want to say before I I want to hear more of your thoughts on the the live action um, mm-hmm. remake of this was just going back to the dub versus the sub. One thing that did really annoy me was as I was um, watching it. So I had the, when I was watching the dub, um, even though it was dubbed in English, it had the sub for the Japanese and it was not matched up. So what they oh, were yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. what was, what that's I was hearing. That's a Netflix problem. And that's what I was going to say. That is, I put that squarely on Netflix and I find that infuriating. Right. Yeah. That bothered me too. And after, 
where I think during the first episode, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to make too much noise, but like, yeah, I'm not going to deal with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I had it's, to turn it's, it it's, off. It's on Netflix for not providing closed captions along with the, the subtitle. It's nice that they actually have the subtitles for the, the Japanese though, because um, for some series they don't, or they rewrote it to match their new English dub when they did a, uh, uh, Evangelion, uh, yeah, Evangelion. They like redid the dub and like redid the translation too, and everybody got really upset about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Netflix can do better. Netflix has been doing a a good job of trying to invest in anime recently. Mm -hmm. Um, try to get some people away from Crunchyroll, but this is a glaring issue that right. they I mean, should as, fix. As, yeah, I mean, because there are people who are hard of hearing who want to watch the dub and they want to be able to read it and it have the words be exactly what the characters are saying. Otherwise, yeah. they would watch in Japanese. Right. Which, I mean, once again, it's because I typically watch um, the sub, it's not typically an issue for me, but I, I find it to be um, problematic for, yes, if someone is hard of hearing or just in, in general, just kind of wanting to have a cohesive experience um right and it, it, it confused me at first i had that like double check it's like oh okay no this isn't right um but like I don't know, other things that they seemingly have i don't know the whole like closed caption subtitles interface can be a little confusing at times like when i was watching the new version of uh all quiet on the western front i was a little confused it's like okay this is like is this the English caption is this a caption of the English version or is this a subtitle for what they're saying in German mm. but I, I was I was pretty sure I got it right but I was I was still like I'm not 100% sure yeah <laughs> um yeah so I, I, before we get I know you you wanted to talk about the, the Netflix version and don't worry I have thoughts <laughs> but <laughs> I was after I, I I finished the show. Um, when I watched uh, you know I watched it and I still had like a good, like, I don't know, like twenty days before we did record this podcast, and just like for the like next couple days after watching the ending, I was just like, ah, does Spike really die? It's like no, <laughs> I just like I, I really like weighed on me because like it, it ends with you have to carry that weight which apparently is some quote from like a Beatles song oh okay but like I was like I, I was kept looking up I was like what does that mean is like does it is is it has carried the weight of knowing that Spike is probably dead is it you know and people's like oh it means this it's like you know coming to term with your past or people who can't come to term with their past and I was just like, I just like kept thinking, I was just like, oh man, what a bummer ending. <laughs> I mean, but I, I like sad endings and it I find them more memorable. Mm. Um, it, it made me think it's like, well, what happens next? And like, um, when are we getting our spinoff with Ayn and Ed? <laughs> Hopefully never. Right. Uh... Um, and then people were like, Oh, what do you think happened to uh, Faye and 
uh and, jet. and like people were like having their theories um i should have pulled this up beforehand because somebody put it really well but um they were like oh yeah i think like they actually probably hooked up for a little bit just because they were so lonely and then they went their separate ways and it it ended like unhappily for both of them and it's like but neither none of these characters expected to have a happy ending and i was just like darn it was like that's probably how it happened <laughs> <laughs> yes uh no th this is not a show with a happy ending so if that's something that you are uh not a fan of if, if you like shows that go, have go back to watching hallmark movies <laughs> that's not entirely fair but i would i was always make fun you know when i i would our mom would be watching hallmark movies and it's just like it's it's too happy i can't <laughs> I, I need to go you know watch something bleak i need to go watch the graduate okay <laughs> <laughs> that's that's bleak. Yeah. Um, no but no, this is not a happy ending, but I do appreciate the ambiguity of it because it it does make you think about it. It does make you linger on that, much like um, something like Inception, where you know you're, you're left wondering what what happens next. Should I believe this? You know, how do I interpret this? And the um, the director of of the show, I believe, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Shinichiro Watanabe. Um, I think he was previously asked about like the ending and he's like, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> like right. it's, it's meant to be up to interpretation, like whether or not Spike lives or dies, you know, that's up to you. And, and similar getting into, um, you know, him seeing, uh, Julia, the, the woman yeah. he, he loved, you know, what, what is that supposed to mean? Um, that what's it, it's, it's supposed to be up to interpretation. And I think right. that is a, bold move to make for any ending and one that i'm glad they were able to stick to and not go back and explain it as so many other creators do nowadays and just totally i don't know undercut what they were trying to do in the first place right um so i think like the only thing that really harms the show's legacy not like it doesn't really harm it but it by association is icky <laughs> is the netflix show now i know and by the way i meant to preface you know me coming on here and saying that i apologize to anybody who's listening who wanted who now wishes that i'd ask them to be a guest because i'm sure there were a couple people hmm. um but i thought this worked better with the both of us um but anyway i know that um i think it was for the socially distanced podcast um i guess bill or al or and al i know I, i'm pretty sure was on there they talked about the uh the live action uh cowboy bebop mm -hmm. and i think they were a little they were more positive on it than most people that i had heard talk about it um and you know everybody's entitled to their own opinion and i was when i came into it i was like I don't want to, I don't want to like this. And then <laughs> I saw the first few minutes. I'm like, okay, it's maybe this could be okay. And then it kept going. And I, and, and it, I was like, when is this over? This, this is terrible. So sounds like you liked it a lot. Right. Right. I only uh, watched the first episode. 
Um, and, you know, it started off okay. I mean, there's something about, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm sure they shot it on a really nice camera, but for some reason, like every, the way everything looks just looks so cheap and lifeless. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I, I was kind of won over when I saw Spike and Jet bust in and like Jet, like was like angry at Spike. It's like, yes, okay, this is nice get angry at spike that's 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 on brand um and but the more i just looked at him just like this is just like a really bad like high budget like cosplay Mm -hmm. it just i mean part of that is you can't make these characters designs look good um in a live action setting Mm. or at least at least not in my eyes you can't It, it just looks too ridiculous I mean, of course, if you go the other way and change how, you know, characters look, it, it would make people upset. Um, yeah. But then also just like, I don't know, like it it definitely had a budget, but like it just ended up looking like a bad Robert Rodriguez movie. <laughs> <laughs> like some, some cross, somewhere between desperado and spy kids it it was it it was somewhere in between there it was more on this the spy kids you know side of things kind of honestly like the violence of of desperado but like like the weird visuals of spy kids okay not not what you want no um and i think it's just like it presents a problem because like the the visual effects i mean i guess for tv are good but like they are not up to snuff for like what you expect for something like cowboy bebop if you were going to see it in live action but at the same time you like you know you can't do this as a movie because that like betrays the whole like structure of cowboy bebop and that it is episodic right um so it's just like an, I guess an unhappy, you know, compromise that's like, okay, we'll, we'll do it. The effects won't be great, but like if we get people really on board with the characters and it just doesn't work, like all the characters, I don't know, for some, some reason they just came off as mostly unlikable. They, they make some weird creative choices of like Faith turns up in the first episode, which I didn't like. Hmm. I, um, um, they also like vicious shows up in the first episode, which I also didn't like. <laughs> and like he already had like more lines in that episode than he probably did, like his whole. Well, probably not, but it's still. Oh no! What what really made me upset is that Julia showed up in the first episode. Oh okay. Yeah. So that. Um, it's really undercutting that mystery. Right, it's just there's so there's so many things wrong. It's like a lot of like the even the, the fight choreography was like it was okay, but like it seemed like there's one point where like Spike is hitting a guy, and you could get tilt and just clearly tell that he's like pulling his punches the way he's just no we can see what I'm doing, but the way he he hits him like you you just know it's it, it's you know pretend. Yeah, for for people who can't see what Aaron's doing, he's he's pantomiming. Uh drumming up uh a bad guy yeah I don't, yeah if you can imagine that 
Um, yeah, and just like apparently, like the syndicate finds out in the first episode that like Spike is alive, and like, I mean, granted, they didn't they found out pretty early in the original show, but not the first episode. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I saw all that I needed to see from the the premiere, and I I I don't need to see anything else. Um, no. um it, it's a shame because. I know that John Cho, who I thought, despite being a little too old to play Spike, I think does carry some of the um, the air that you want around Spike. He has a pretty good um, chemistry with the guy who plays uh, Jet. So there was they had that going for it. But I, I'm sorry, like even though John Cho has gone on record saying like he spent years of his life making this, and now you know it stinks that it got canceled. It 100% deserves to get canceled. I mean, 100% should have never been made, but like 100% deserve to get canceled. And like 100%. I, I know that the One Piece show is already, it's already been shooting. So I know you guys talking your TV break podcast about like, you don't really like when like something is already filmed and then it gets put on the shelf. Like that's unfair to the people who made it. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, whatever. Release the the One Piece show. I'm sure it'll just get canceled anyway. But if any other anime show on Netflix or anywhere else <laughs> is in production, you know, in live action, it should, if it's in pre pre production, should be immediately canceled. <laughs> okay, that's pretty pretty strong words there. And I I will say I have not seen the the any of the live action uh show i do know that uh as you mentioned uh friend of the podcast al manarino was very excited for it mm -hmm. um and i think he i think he's still fairly warm on it i think he okay i mean he if enjoys he enjoys it. it that's fine i mean i feel kind of bad for him because he won't get to see a second season yeah. unless you know they somehow you know, look, it's like, oh, more people are watching this than we expected. So I don't know. That's yeah. always a possibility, but you know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, with that, I would just say I've really come to the point where any live action remake of any animated series or movie or anything, um, I'm just immediately turned off. I just right. don't trust right. it. Right. I can't think of any that have ever match the the quality of the original right um, yeah and we're not even talking just about anime we're just talking about animated in general right like obviously there's there's some examples of like truly terrible adaptations like uh the last airbender from yeah. M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> um so obviously you can get really really bad but never have I found one that's once again either match the quality of the original or certainly none that's ever surpassed it so uh -huh, right um <laughs> I don't know if it's high praise because um, I don't particularly like the original, but I would actually say that the live action, well, calling it live action is almost unfair. Live action Jungle Book is about as good as the original cartoon. I don't okay. like, neither are particularly good though. <laughs> okay. I know a lot of people like the live action uh, Jungle Book. So it's got a boy Johnny F in it or Johnny to making it Johnny Favreau. Yeah, I don't think anyone calls him Johnny, but his mom what? calls hey. him Johnny. Mom, okay, well, I'm not John Favreau's mom, um, right? Um, 
but yeah i yeah it just has like a bad track record i mean i do have like fond memories of going to see 101 dalmatians with glenn close you mm. know one you know november you know with you and family though i don't actually remember seeing the movie so much as going to the theater but um yeah it's just you really gotta think about these live action you know remakes and is this something i want to do or am i just doing it for money yeah yes and that's why i really think well, while I wouldn't necessarily go so far as, as you are to saying, like, if it's in pre-production just to cancel it, I, I just think, in general, it should be avoided. Uh, once again, Netflix is currently doing a, mm-hmm. making a, a live-action version of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, separate from the M. Night Shyamalan film. Mm-hmm. And especially considering that the creators of that show backed out of it, mm-hmm. I have zero faith in it, really yeah um, they're really buying up these properties the rights to them actually i've heard that i think they also bought the rights to yu yu Hakusho, which ah man that's they gonna, did that's gonna be terrible because yeah. like that was a show that i went back and watched an episode of and it's like okay it's a shonen anime so it it has a lot of that dragon ballness where it's like um two guys punch each other you know and it's dragged out for you know four episodes but like there is a certain charm because the characters are so uh you know likable but um ah, that that makes me angry <laughs> right so so yeah if if the cowboy bebop uh, live action remake is any indication uh neither of us is looking forward to any of the other live action remakes that netflix is coming up with and they should probably rethink them but w- with with that being acknowledged as a related but thankfully separate uh you know series um I, I don't think that tarnishes Cowboy Bebop, the original animated series legacy. I, I think it is well regarded as one of the greatest anime of all time. And I think that is very well earned. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that even as somebody like who does not watch a lot of anime, like I'm trying to get into a little bit of it. I, I don't expect it ever be like Josh, who like seems to be every time you're on tv break you're recommending something that's anime i don't think <laughs> i'm ever going to get to that level but you know i I like to check out different things um and this this is definitely something that i regard regard highly and that at some point i'll probably want to go and uh um rewatch. yeah great yeah and, and i would say with that i think this is not also, like not just beyond being one of the, the best anime that I've ever seen. I, I think it's in some ways a good anime for people who aren't necessarily into anime. Um, because as you talk about it, like it does pull from these other genres that people uh may be familiar with or may enjoy. And it's not it's not a shonen. Uh it's, it's right. Not- I mean, yeah. I mean, and I'm sorry I bash shonen because I know you like shonen, like uh, I'm assuming Demon Slayer is a shonen uh yeah it is but it's we'll we'll go into more detail for that i'm sure in a, a later podcast right right yeah i mean i I don't mean to bash people who like shonen because uh i don't know there was actually a huge thing on like people were debating things on dragon ball z on the internet today and 
people were getting upset about stuff. So people take their anime very seriously. So yeah. Um that's just my opinion. Yeah. No, I I think if you're looking for something similar to this, I would encourage people to look back at our most recent anime podcast uh when we talk about Death Note. Right, which um, is technically shonen, but is actually very adult. Yeah. So th- this this feels a similar uh this is in a similar lane to that. Mm-hmm. Um and once again, I think the benefit of that is it's also not, you know, a typical shonen. So I, I'd recommend, you know, if you're curious about anime but don't necessarily want to get into the scream off of Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> um, and you are interested in some of the more um, you know, cinematic classics out there, uh, because this definitely draws from a lot of westerns, a lot of sci-fi including um a show that we recently or a movie we recently talked about 2001 a space odyssey mm-hmm. um you should check this out i i think it's it's very accessible um but according or you know based on aaron's uh review maybe skip the live action remake mm-hmm. so um but aaron any other thoughts on cowboy bebop before we wrap this up um i was like wow this this has been running a little long but like it's whatever the the only person who is upset by it running along is me because i have in my mind it's supposed to be a certain length but anyway um i just want to know if there were any individual episodes that besides stuff that's like the main story mm-hmm. um and i guess i mean you can include stuff that has like Faye or jet's backstories was there anything like individual episodes that stood out to you um because the one that i really liked um is the the one with the cowboy Mm. i forget (laughs) not 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 the bounty hunters who are called cowboys the one who the, the actual cowboy who rides on a horse and the guy who's dressed up as like a teddy bear or whatever or no he's not dressed up as a teddy bear he puts bombs in teddy bears i think Oh. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, not and sure then at the end, he de- he decides that you know what? Oh, that's I, that's cowboy funk. That's yeah, that's cowboy like. funk. I like that one. Um, and then at the end, he decides he's going to be a samurai, <laughs> and it, it ends with "CU Space Samurai." <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, I like that one. <laughs> I, I'm glad you like that one. Yeah, that's definitely one of the more absurd ones. Um. Yeah, I I mean obviously once again I, I really enjoy the ones where we get into to Spike's backstory um right. and, and the overarching uh, tale like um like the final episodes, the real folk blues. Um honestly, one that I, I, I really, really do like is our introduction to uh Faye. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I really like that uh honky tonk woman, um mm-hmm. where you really get a sense of um you know, the beginning relationship between her and the crew of the Bebop. I, I enjoy that. I, I think there's some really fun um, sets uh, mm-hmm. in place with the um, the casino. Mm-hmm. So I, and, and I mentioned earlier, even though it's it's pretty silly, I also really enjoy the uh the one with the eco terrorists um uh, yeah turning people fun. to apes it's it's silly mm-hmm. um 
but once again, I I, I find it that that it does get very exciting at the end and when it suddenly turns into this race to stop a biological weapon so mm-hmm. it's it's such a weird mix of uh different tones and yet somehow it works so and that's once again i, I think part of the the charm of the show is that it, it manages to meld and fuse all these things together into some strange Voltron-esque creature and it right. largely works. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to do it. So thank you for, you know, sticking with us with this, you know, long podcast. Um, Josh, uh, I know that you said on another podcast that you were working on your next couch potato column. Yes. yeah. So I'm still working on that. Uh, it's not quite finished yet, but I'm hoping it will be ready in the next week or two. Um, I will just say now that it is anime related. So, um, it's not about Cowboy Bebop though, but it is anime related. So, uh, people Mm -hmm. should keep an eye out for that. Uh, and then people can also find me on the TV break podcast, um, where this past month we just talked about the Amazon prime show, uh, the power, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, we've been kind of on a Amazon kick lately. So uh, people should definitely check that out uh, and hear Alex uh, really just destroy Kiefer Sutherland. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I listened to it. It was uncalled for. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe watch the power and, you know, you guys won't be disappointed when Amazon cancels it. Yeah. And people can also hear me totally break bill talking about uh, campfire cooking another world's my serve skill. Yeah. Which is an anime. Yeah wonderful anime highly recommend right um i might have to check that out while i still have a free trial of funimation if it's on there yeah you're also welcome to see it on crunchyroll in ways that i may not be allowed to say on a recording right (laughs) right um as for me you can find me uh, at aaron sarnecki on twitter uh mostly just talking about movies that i i watch um also share things uh that i've written for the site um, there is something in the works that I have submitted that um, was alluded to on the same podcast that we were referencing. Um, so hopefully it'll be up soon. Um, if you know anything that I've written, not anything, but most things that I've written on the site, it was very much in my wheelhouse um, and was asked for me to write it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because you are the site's leading expert on a certain someone who may have already been mentioned. Right, yeah. All right, well, yeah, people should definitely check that out. I'm excited to read that as well. Um, Yeah, and and certainly if people want to hear more of this podcast, they can find our uh, TV episodes of the Anniversary Brothers podcast here on the Pop Break TV feed. And if they'd like to hear any of our film podcasts, such as our recent one on 2001 A Space Odyssey, they can find that on the Pop Break Today feed. So uh, highly encourage you to check those out and hope you enjoy. But other than that, um, Aaron, once again, thank you for joining me as always. Yep. And everyone listening, thank you for coming. Hope you'll be back next time. And until then, remember, see you, Space Cowboy. <laughs>